Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Talking with Apes. Today we will discuss uh, the situation in Ukraine. Um, we will go over the history. Is there someone who might be at fault creating this war? Um, how are the refugees being welcomed from Ukraine compared to other refugees that we have seen? Um, and how do we feel about it? Um, And also, of course, as always, we try to look at what should happen next and is there anything you can do. Um, so for the history, maybe um, I will hand it over to Tom at first because he is a history teacher. So uh, impress us with all your knowledge. <laughs> that, that's a lot. Uh, where do you... Well, in prehistoric era, there were people living in Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, let's, let's, let's start at the Soviet Union... The Soviet Union collapsing, or yes, Soviet <laughs> Union. Yes. because if you want to start the, the Soviet Union, the fall well, of the Berlin Wall. Jesus, yeah, that's, that's a, a very different point. Okay, yeah, wait. Yeah. So, would contemporary, would this contemporary uh, Ukraine or this nation state of Ukraine has been throughout the uh, ages part of the Russian Empire, the uh, Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth? Um, it has been even further back a Mongolian. Uh, Khanat, I believe. Tartars. Uh, Tartars. I mean, that's, Tartars. that was the native population. Yes. Um, well, not of Ukraine, of Crimea, but you know. And of course, uh, when said uh, socialist revolution happened in uh, Russia, Moldova, Russia. Uh, Rolling the Mars real good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, eventually, uh, Ukraine became part of the uh, Soviet Union. It was one of the founding members of the Soviet Union. Um, and remained a part of it uh, for uh, until it collapsed, said Soviet Union. Until death does us part. Yes, exactly. Um, and then it had a very shaky uh, time and start as a as a as a nation state, an independent nation state. Yes. Um, it did not when the Soviet Union collapsed uh, vote to become a part of Russia, which was a po a, a choice that was presented at that time. Uh, but it chose to go continue as an independent nation state um, for as far as, of course, the people are presented with a comprehensive choice like that. It's more like left or right and not anything else. Um, since then, uh, as as the nation state, uh, Ukraine, it has been moving between Russia and the West, the West being understood as like the USA and the emerging EU, the European Union, uh, and the military alliance that connects both of them, NATO, yes. Um, they have had presidents which leaned toward Russia and Russian agreement and agreements uh, of cooperation with Russia. Uh, they've had presidents which leaned towards European cooperation and Western cooperation. Um, not that long ago, I believe in uh, eight years ago, um, you had the uh, big... Uh, protests and revolt, you can say, uh, which installed the current uh, regime in Ukraine, which is a pro-European uh, regime. Um, and that, of course, has not been to the liking of one Vladimir Putin, who, you know, to, to jump back a little bit, there might have been 
the expectation after World War II that both military alliances on East and West would dissolve. So NATO would yeah. would dissolve and the Warsaw Pact would dissolve. But the Warsaw Pact dissolved and NATO did not. Um, the Russians have since then always, or at least uh, in recent decades, seen the expansion of NATO and the formation of the European Union and expansion of the European Union. I'm Chernobyl. As yeah, as a, as eating their geopolitical yes, influence. It's, it's, it's just a very um, I mean yeah, not to get right into it, but like from the Russians' perspective, it's okay. There is this land called Ukraine. It's literally the border between us and the West. And if they join, it was them for a long time. Yes, exactly. Um, but like even if you're looking from the Russian state, because Putin is like now is like oh Ukraine was a mistake. It's part of Russia has always been. But for a while, Ukraine was, as all of the previous states in the Soviet yeah, Union so many of us. are like, were seen as their own independent states with their own independent heritage and their independent languages. Actually, less so than, uh, for example, satellite states in, I believe, Chechnya, etc. and Yugoslavia. Well, Yugoslavia was really... Yugoslavia, we're not going to get yeah, into no. Yugoslavia. Um, but like, for example, uh, you had a you had a lot of uh, satellite states, but Ukraine was actually a part of the Soviet Union. Yes. So of the same, they, like, they, yeah, exactly. Circumference on the map, uh, not even a, a satellite state that was very short-lived. The Soviet Republic, uh, I believe, uh, of Ukraine. Um, but yeah, from from the perspective of the. And and with the leftovers of Russian imperialist thinking of like empire, big empire, um, they lost. Uh, there is an American empire encroaching upon them because also don't forget that with the EU and and the USA being in a mili one military alliance and the EU not really having its own foreign or, or international policy for decades, we do look NATO very much the, like NATO is is the. Part. We we are satellites, probably in their eyes, of the USA, which yes. isn't completely That's incorrect. That's how Putin definitely sees it. Yes, I mean, uh, I don't think it's not so that unfair. No, there at least there's an argument wise. to be made for it. Definitely, militarily wise, yes. Economically, politically as well, like Brussels and, and Washington tend to agree on a lot of things. Trump, in that sense, was a bit of a break. Um, Right. You severed some ties between Brussels and Washington. Didn't he want to let the US get out of NATO? Yes. Can you imagine if that happened? That would where would be collapse now? NATO because NATO is kind of built on the military dominance yes. of the USA. Um, you know, it, it does give credence to the whole idea of Putin might have been working with Trump. I'm a very smart detective. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's for the history. Basically, Ukraine, um, a state that have an ethnically because the ethnics of it do matter right it's like if it was part of russia or it was a part of soviet union but there is a specific cultural field they speak a different language ukraine and russian are not the same language but you have a substantial part of the population which speaks russian which like identifies still as russian that's also still a significant Indeed. amount i mean yeah but like that's also a thing in belgium right but the dutch yeah. are kind of invade us yeah but the belgian government doesn't say that the only language of the land is french it did and it had a big bad 
yes. element going on. It, it it led to its own revolt of like so and its own Flemish separatism yeah. because of that. Um, not to get too much into to get too lost into that detail because like we said, it's basically that, that, that's the Russian story, right? We're going inside. Yeah, to, all I'm uh, saying, like the reason I brought it up is like that's also something that Germany said when they started the Second World War. They were like, oh, but like the Austrians, they have a like they speak yeah, German, so we can just invade them. Right? It, it's an excuse. It's a it's an it's a casus belli, as they say for for many countries to do things to start wars and in, start invasions like that. Um, you, need, you need a state story. I also right? want to mention for folk historic completeness that that Russian population is also partially the result of active colonization by the Russians and by active moving ethnically Russians like moving, and genociding like, other people exactly yes yes and forcing like them the out to, yeah, so and then the Kremlin and uh, then not uh, the, Crimea the Crimea oh my god was invaded from directions from the Kremlin yes um <laughs> The Kremlin invaded Crimea. Uh, how many years say. back is that? Is that <laughs> like 10 eight, years ago? Eight, uh, 2014 about. Yeah. So Eight years ago. Um, why exactly Russia would want that in terms, in materialistic terms is a bit above me because that part of Ukraine is not incredibly wealthy or rich. Um, I mean, I think the main reason is because whenever a country has a border conflict, it's not allowed to join NATO, and Ukraine was already considering... He's talking about it's been drifting, but crime, for specifically for taking Crimea, it's yeah, interesting. It's Crimea. It could have been a motivation, but it definitely backfired, and, and the numbers don't really add up in, in that sense, because by removing Crimea from the Ukrainian nation state and the election cycle that happens therein, there are a lot less pro-Russian votes in Ukraine. Yeah. So the Ukrainian state moved to be more... It doesn't make sense if you look at move the, to the, West. the move that they made now. It doesn't make sense long term for them to go for Crimea at the time. But maybe it wasn't the plan to mm -hmm. go for well, Ukraine. Well, the thing is, in 2008, there were some loose promises made to both Ukraine and Georgia by NATO to possibly be able to join. Okay. After that, also the whole like Georgia conflict. Where, where does Crimea come in? Why would you take Crimea? A border <laughs> conflict. Any border conflict As creates any show of force. I honestly don't know. Doesn't remind me. What was the West response for that? Um, not that much. Yeah, they didn't want to start a war with Russia. They put in sanctions. Much less harsh than now, but there was sanctions. Um, was there fighting on the border, or was it basically the Russians moved in? Um, I mean, there was. I, I, I there's still don't know. like there, there. The whole time there was like rebels who would go against it, but there wasn't as big of a fight as now. Russia created a little bit of a fire, and then it was like, oh well, there's a fire. Let us help you put it out, and then they States. went in. And then they didn't leave when the fire was put out. Isn't it time to go home? Yeah. Nah, you know, I, I think I'm comfortable. It might still be smoldering. We should maybe wait and, and see. Um, so, And then to, to get to current events, um, on the 24th of February 2022, uh, Russia begins a large military invasion of Ukraine. And yeah, that's where we are now. We're seeing sanctions. We're seeing a lot of support for Ukraine, but also Ukraine has never been able to become part of NATO. So NATO doesn't intervene. Um, and we're left in a situation where we can kind of just 
watch or if you are one of the brave people who went to Ukraine to help their fight uh, you can obviously do that uh, Ukraine has issued that you can join them <laughs> uh, without needing any sort of visa but that's obviously not uh, a thing for everyone so yeah that's that's where we are now um, it's it was a surprise attack there was no official declaration of war um The, the surprise didn't work as well as they wanted to. Uh, they thought Russia that frames it as a special mission to yes. denazify. Keep, keeping denazification mission. Yes. Um, which Putin seems to be losing the propaganda battle a little bit. Yeah. Um, with the Ukrainian president, who I have to say is seemingly very good in propaganda. From a Western perspective. Yeah, but no, in terms of like propaganda battle. I mean, also in mm. in Russia, like in Russia, it doesn't matter. Again, like the propaganda of the Russian regime has always been based on fear, and like the the official story is always something that's okay. It's a place like we need something. Yeah, yeah, and it happens. Like, but nobody actually believes it. The story spreads to other regimes which are friendly with Putin, like uh, exactly. like. Even Syria. Uh, and, and that have isolated like from, the Syrian government, from the West. The Syrian official news are like, oh yeah, violence. Ukraine is full of Nazis actually. Yeah, and, but... And uh, Bashar well, al-Assad like talked with Putin and they that's like, it was actually Bashar al-Assad's advice to go and denazify. Yeah, but it still seems to be I mean, the <laughs> exception in the friend and it seems to be limited to the friendly states and it's remarkable how, for example, China and India are keeping a relative hands-off approach to yeah, this. They're yeah. not really coming to the rescue of Russia and just yeah Economically speaking yeah. I do think like China will step in like it won't allow the Russian economy to collapse it it doesn't it didn't agree to to sanction Russia the same way Western countries did because let's be clear while the West is full of glory is full of glory announcing that the world is sanctioning Russia it's mostly like The Western countries, which yes. do make up a significant portion of the world economy. Let's not forget yes. the G7 or G8 or G20 that, like the are Swift. mostly white the and biggest have control over many international institutions. The biggest trade partner of Russia is Germany. That's yes. just fact. And uh, there But was still... The, India yeah. and China say they will not necessarily stop trading with Russia. Yeah, yes, won't. but also they are specifically targeting industries that China cannot provide um, as uh, well. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like there is nuance in the in the in the effect of the sanctions as well. But also, like we can't deny that the Russian economy has just plummeted in the last. Like, It has days. taken hits. Yes. Yes. Like. 30% down hit within by like it as well and democracy well western economy is also hurt because of it because we are in yes. a global economy less so than the russian one because of course russia gets kicked out of the club and we are all still the club um but you also have to it's it's not as simple as this will hurt the russian economy therefore be good it one it also is an explosion that hits us to a certain degree and putin can and his regime like the russian state is of an authoritarian nature it can go to people's door and say we are confiscating this and this and this and this for the glory of the russian state again and you will say yes because you will have a machine gun pointed at your head and western people like biden for example he will have to go to congress at some point and he will have to deal with his congress and if the congress 
congressmen and women in America. The fact uh, is, it's just like economic sanctions are not that know, as effective on authoritarian regimes. It They're is just not. It is democracies are sensible to them as well because the the people will get tired and be like, hey, why is my eggs costing ten times more? Yeah, you can't say that in Russia. Actual, like you have an actual higher degree of responsibility towards a majority of your populace. Of course, um, but if... Which I don't mean to say it won't work, but just we have to be aware that in the, the West, this is, if this is going to be a long-term game, we should not be surprised if like Western democracies start to soften their approach after a while because governments are thinking and politicians are starting to think about re-elections and they have to make other agreements in their parliaments, etc. It is it is a drawback of democracy. I mean, yeah, right now I think it's the most we can do, I guess. Uh, and there is also a lot of pressure on politicians to not do nothing because I feel like if you look at, you know, the media, Zelensky is having Zelensky unparalleled being the Ukrainian president. Yes, he has he is having yeah, like me using his name like that means that You he, know the Ukrainian president's yes, name. <laughs> I, I did not ever know the Ukrainian president's name so far, but now I know because he's been so popular, he's all over the media. He like his his videos are going viral within hours. Every fucking thing he does is like, oh my God, the greatest man alive has done something, which is obviously propaganda, but like that does create a lot of pressure to not let like- It creates pressures on who? On European politicians who don't want to lose votes by not doing anything. I mean, who are you going to vote for? Zelensky? No, but you're going to vote for the politician who helps your hero as he's being portrayed. I guess. Like, but- I do assume, like as, at least if you're a rational voter, oh, people like, are not rational voters. You're like, huh? What? Which? Which candidate is like protecting our economy more? Not like going and tweeting "Yas Queen Zelensky." Like, and I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm like it does annoy me sometimes. This whole response of like, "Oh my God, he is such a Marvel hero!" Like, this is <laughs> like. Captain he, Ukraine. <laughs> honestly, like that is even he himself. Like he's he, he came out and be like. I don't want to be a 300 story. Like, don't stop training like this as like the last stand of the heroic 300. Like, that's bullshit. And, yeah, because it includes dying. Yes, um, exactly. But also, I mean, where there is a political niche for the pro-Ukrainian candidate, there is a political niche for the pro-Russian candidate. And we already see a lot of Trump supporters don't consider Putin to be that problematic. And so at the so Republican smart. Party, as so smart. we have to admit, it's fully controlled by that guys. Um, like, but at least I think it's fair enough to say factual. in Western Europe, there is no party that can get score any political points by supporting you Russia. You would be surprised. Not um, even if they are. Like, no, no, no. There the issue is something else, I fear. Um, but... Like the Flemish uh, separatists, um, no, not the separatists, the fascist party, which just also That's happens to be. Yeah, they they ditched. It was a it is a remarkable thing. They kind of ditched their fascist brothers in Ukraine because Ukraine has a big fascist militia problem. Um, not that Putin is actually handling those people, no. uh, not at all. Um, 
but they kind of ditched them in favor of good old Vladdy Daddy. Um, so I mean, honestly, like there was an action in Germany where people turned off their lights to show that they would rather sit in darkness this winter than support Russia in any way or like give them any money for yeah, gas. It's still a hot issue. Like people, people will cool down. I fear after a few. I fear as well yeah. after a few months. After a few months of this, people out. are not going to be as interested. The conflict will get cold. This is the Cold War too. I I fear the same thing. I think it's actually it's I, I, easy I, to to now to have a wave of solidarity, and especially let's also lower the temperature a little bit because the West isn't doing that much. Yes, it's sending a lot, it's throwing a lot of money at the problem again and a lot of money weaponry and media. and media, but that's mostly to... I mean, it also strengthens the position of the EU and NATO and the USA themselves in their own home countries. Because yeah, and with their allied countries. Like, if you don't do anything right now, all of your allied countries who are not in NATO will be like, what the fuck, guys? Yes. Yeah, so like, look at Sweden or... It's no, Sweden is not, not Sweden. They're also moving Finland. Um, it, not a part of it. Yeah, either, like but these countries that are not part of NATO yes. are gonna be looking like if, if yeah, yeah, they actively if, are. Yeah, they'll be like, holy shit, we need like if NATO is showing it is showing support, and it's like if the official story is like we can't set boots on the ground because like Ukraine is not part of NATO. Every country, yes, like yes. it, it just helps the Western countries. It's just a smarter move. Um, can we just like do the obvious? Like we do agree that escalation of sending troops to Ukraine is stupid. I yes. would not love to have one statist power with nukes threaten another statist power with nukes. No. Yes, but if, it's if, not threatening. Um, it's it's if Ukraine is a neutral land. Uh, NATO is a defensive pact, it claims. Of course, in the past it has shown defense can be interpreted pretty many, broadly. Many I mean, the Belgian ministry is also... Belgium also has a ministry of defense, which is just the army ministry. It basically, every country has a ministry yeah. of defense, but it's basically... They, they seem to be very actively engaging to be just defendants always, but... But back to the point, so... I mean, nobody is questioning, I think... Nobody that has interacted with Putin is questioning whether he's serious about being willing to use nukes in case NATO intervenes. And nobody wants to see that, because nobody wants to fucking die. <laughs> sure. So No, I'm just, like, I'm getting out of the way, but, like, okay, if that same thing happened in Germany, but not Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's NATO. So then it's Putin's choice. So... I don't know, it's just like, if you're looking at like the Ukrainian story, like the, what Zelensky is like, sent, like, you guys need to interfere. Yes, of course, he's asking for it, which, which makes perfect sense from his perspective. Yes. He, he yes. has to mobilize his population. It would be much, much easier and, and like his chances would increase massively if NATO troops would, even like he, reco even not boots in Ukraine, just cr closing the Ukrainian air space. Yeah, the, like the no-fly zone is, is no too fly much. zone over Ukraine so they can be bombed or, or like 
Russia wouldn't be able to drop troops or something like that. That alone would, of course, help massively because but they can do that. Ukraine that is basically seems to a, an active declaration of war. Yes, not necessarily. Putin has but confirmed that's how Putin will interpret. Yes, it. he has confirmed yes. today that he would interpret closing the Ukrainian airspace, uh, air, airspace, airspace yes, exactly. <laughs> as a declaration of war uh, with NATO. So, of course, Putin also says a lot of things, and then. Yeah, but I've also like watched some advisors have been saying that the I man says what he means if he okay, says but like if he says I'm, I'm going to Britain next, like I'm just like I don't understand the difference between. I mean, Britain would be a bit of a long haul. <laughs> some He'd other have countries to move in between. Through a few others, yeah, but still, but no, no, but it's a valid point. I also don't the salami like, tactics. Yes, exactly. And the salami tactics, for, for those that don't know, is, is like carving little slices more and more. Like you start with Crimea and then you take like, let's say, the two republics of, of Ukraine that he now recognized. And then you take that slice of Moldova, which wants to be pro... You're which not going to do part nuclear war over Moldova. And, uh, exactly. And you're not going to do nuclear war over this and over that. But, you know, in... There are many options, and it's not unthinkable that NATO would say, "Okay, we'll we'll both freeze on the nukes, but you know what happens on the ground happens on the Conventional ground." Conventional forces and military you, campaigns yes, will you happen. Let, you let an army like, kind I think of duke like, it out. Like it's yeah. not unthinkable. It's not just. It's not just because we have nukes that. Everything is unthinkable, the but nuclear, also because the, we have nukes, this is not going to be World War Three. It only the deters other nukes. It doesn't deter. But the thing campaigns. is, the the conventional troops of point. NATO are much stronger than the Russian troops, especially now after they've been weakened by the invasion in Ukraine. So, so we would like we as so he would one. lose and then he would nuke. That's my fear in in this situation. Okay. I think he knows that he can't win against the the joint NATO forces, the regular forces, without using nuclear. To be fair, there's also that is a, that is a, a a completely valid fear because you don't want to drive any like state in a, in a corner without escape because then exactly the nuclear option becomes the option. Though there are I mean, other not, options, you're not possibly put NATO forces in Russia. You no, would, no, no, no. But NATO could. They, again, the options are plentiful beyond imagination. You could have NATO saying Ukraine becomes neutral territory, and we both keep our troops out. But for now, as long as you're staying, our staying, and you could have that Cold War situation Basically where back to whatever was happening. The for status the last quo, years. but with. Ukraine now, of course, significantly leveled um, to the ground. Sure, but at the same time... Also, a nuke, it doesn't immediately... I, I kind of want to add this because there's a lot of talk about Putin putting his nukes on high alert. The nukes of Russia are not like one button press away from launching towards Brussels or Berlin or, Berlin or Paris or Washington. He, there are four stages of alertness, and he just moved them from the lowest one to the third one, which is still alarming, to be clear. But it's not like we're not at the point where we're he's going to start. We're not that close. And also, even if he would launch a nuke, it's not unthinkable that he would launch a small strategic one in Ukraine to, like, let's say, 
scatter the Ukrainian army beyond their ability to regroup and, and provide resistance. Yeah. You wouldn't really Or retaliate. From simply drop it in the Black Sea as a show of force of like, I am actually willing to fire it. And even if it hits, that's the third one, that's the worst scenario. Even if it was dropped on Brussels or Washington or any other city in the West. Our dear listener, we live is, very close to Brussels. It is not necessarily true, though they will always say yes. Because that is that they will the retaliate tactic. on it Moscow. It is not true that they will retaliate, let alone retaliate in full. Like there are m- these nuclear deter deter Like it's n- this is a very layered system, though it becomes significantly more open to risk and chance. Of course, the the higher we get in 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 alertness of nukes, but like. The fear is justified. It's just there is also some reason still to feel to not go out on the street and like panic no, no, on no. Fu- in full. There's still no need to panic in the sense. I, I mean, like I guess it's fair to say, like before we have a nuclear war, we will have conventional forces wars. You never know. Might, you know, we might have not. to join the draft. Like I don't think it's gonna start with nukes. Yeah, I'm keeping off that uh, gender alternation for now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't want the. I mean, I think here you have equal I, opportunity. I think Belgium would be equal opportunity. <laughs> yes, and that is why it's a bad idea to demand equality when it comes to army service. Like no, you're no. both getting drafted. I wish they would reject me because I'm gay. <laughs> That was a bad example of emancipation there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there was apparently um, a dude in Turkey, in the Turkey army, whose job it is to watch gay porn, basically, that people send in to prove that they're gay and can't join the army, which I find hilarious. Wow. <laughs> that is a funny story. <laughs> Then they probably employ one gay person. <laughs> um, <laughs> Also, interesting, mentioning Turkey for a second, it's interesting, It this has also kind of driven a wedge between, uh, or seemingly uh, driven a, a little bit of a wedge between uh, Turkey and Russia, because they they used to be, pro, like, you know... Coming from Syria? No. They've no, no, they, but they, recently... They've always had very different opinions. Yes, and Ukraine, the, the area of Crimea, etc., has been uh, a contested field, but recent years they have found each other Erdogan and Putin exactly in their like attitude towards like West the West in general but now it's called yeah Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see Erdogan being like the hero we needed not the one we deserved or something yeah yeah that's That's not that's that's not how I would put it probably Putin expected a way swift a faster campaign to happen But it's interesting to see how this is starting to have a a chain reaction to to for example the the, the Turkish yes uh, position. So have we? I, I'm not sure. Have we discussed whether it's anyone's specific fault or whose no. fault it is? But like, if you want to play the blame game, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the blame game. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault is it? Putin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tom. <laughs> Wait, I don't see a point in assuming blame, but I mean, yeah, one guy <laughs> did send his troops into uh, into the streets and then is throwing bombs at people's ha- on people's heads, and it is Putin. It's a match. <laughs> It's a match. <laughs> like I feel, we should we should be very honest about it and unequivocally 
you know, denounce denounce it and and I agree. you know I'm not one to to be really concerned about like no. the, the the and again it's it's ridiculous to just nuance be a of a resolution the, the guy is at fault and let's just say a big fuck you and yes that does not mean so it's a nuts case it does not mean I'm necessarily a fan of bourgeois state imperialist power <laughs> on the other and hand the way they've been handled in the situation for more than 40 years this is yes the current events or like even Crimea or Georgia um, yes. It's the thing is like, again, like you will need a, a shift in mentality for a lot of people who've always lived in democracies. Like for Belgium to go to war, you need the Belgian people to elect their officials and their their elected officials to agree to go to war. Yes. In this situation, it's this one person <laughs> and a few oligarchs. Nah. They well, didn't want this. They <laughs> they losing like, money. I'm sorry. In this case, we can't we can't even blame it on those. <laughs> This like, uh, but like, that's, it's not about the blame. It's just like it's one. It's a one man's decision in a in a authoritarian regime like that. That's that's Putin. Um, but is there something that could have been def done differently? Obviously, from I mean, the West's perspective. I mean, Russia and and this. Is, okay, so let me be clear. I do not like Vladi Daddy. He's a very bad man. We need to stop calling him but that. Let's uh, let's be honest about um, this. Let's leave your daddy issue. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Russia should have been a part of NATO from the beginning. Yes, it is a problem there outside of it. And Russia actually, at Putin actually at some point has said we were supposed to be your allies. Now, I do not like a tyrant in the military alliance. I do not like the military military alliance as it is constructed. But, you know, all my leftist, socialist, uh, ecological complaints aside, they should have been part of it. The reason France and Germany are not fighting wars now, are not fighting over, like, Alsace-Lorraine, or not you know, punching through Belgium once again, is because they're in an economic union together, it's because they're in NATO together, it's because their countries have become intertwined yes. beyond separation. And We've seen how shitty it has been for Great Britain, one who always was one foot in. It's even diff It was even difficult for them to get out. Like, I mean, even for Russia, like, if, if you talk economically, our... The Russian economy and the European economy has been interdependent for a while now. It makes why do you think, like, the whole thing, you know, there is talk of why did Germany depend so much on Russian gas? Why not invest more in renewables and green energy? And sure, that is like something that would be eventually the yes. best for the planet. But there is a point to be made about interdependent eco-political unions. Like, yes, yes. You, you do want to have a good relationship with russia it just yes. it promotes peace yes it does it, does. it, it, it in the long and long term it still should be the goal yes. of course it's not gonna happen with I this mean, autocratic the, regime uh, in so russia the, the economy was like there was ties like you said militarily no Na nato did not invite russia in it always stayed antagonistical two seconds of considering that but no no it didn't it, really it was I mean, also, like, historically speaking, though, NATO was kind of created in order to repel Russia, so... Well, the Soviet uh, Union, yes. and then, of course, Russia was, you know, sure, the Russian successor state. Um, the Russian Federation though, is, legally speaking, clear. the continued entity of the Soviet Union. Uh, oh, it, yeah. it took over its, its, its goods and its furniture, but let's be clear, like, 
Putin has always thing. been also very clear about. I am not a communist. You, NATO was supposed to fight communism. We're not communists. Why are you antagonistic against us? Because let's be clear, that is also a bourgeois nation state. Yes. Right now, it's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's not a but perfect nation state, but not that doesn't exist. But it's a state the same way that, you know, you you have other. European state, except it's more autocratic. It looks like Hungary and yes, there's like a lot of nuance to it, but in the heads of people, like it's still yes, Russia yes. is over there and we're like, over here with the Americans. When my father was training in the army in Germany, that was only allowed to be connected to NATO because they were only allowed to be defensive. They were actively training against the Russians, is how yes, they would call course. it, you know, like, or like... But that's also the, the consequence of, of course, leftover propaganda and culture yes. from the Soviet Union. And I, no, but like, that's why I'm saying, like, you can't expect... Like, no, no, but like, even for the Russian citizen... But if they wanted to, honestly, I would not... You, I think we would all be surprised if they wanted to, what the EU and, and, and the Americans could do in terms of propaganda in convincing us all that Russia is... Oh, no, it, Russia is historically a part of the European continent. It always has been one of the European great powers. Hence, it would only be logical for Russia to be part of the EU, or blah, blah, blah. If they really wanted to, their propaganda machines, which are highly effective, yes, could but the convince the, the populace. The, the, the weak point of that propaganda would be when the European Union or America, let's call them the West, the collective West, mm -hmm. um, when they want to put a country on this is a good country list what's usually the pro what's usually the requirement democracy well, quote unquote and probably the USA doesn't want such a big power joint with its other with other former big power let's not forget the USA likes its position of dominance Obviously. which is a natural thing for such an institution to as a, as a US state to want um, but it likes its position, and it has always also been very clear that the EU powers shouldn't fully rearm. Like, that's that was also partially remarkable about Trump. He was like, no, no, you have to pay your dues in NATO. And probably a lot of Americans were like, wait, but w w aren't we supposed to be the military superpower? We can't have the Germans and the French go running around again like children also making claims and I mean, doing things their way. If you're just looking at how much America spends on military, exactly. how much we do spend on military, it's like, uh, you know, do I, you really I, want to... I, I will I have mean, to give this one to the US. Now. But do you want the Russians to merge with the EU from the USA perspective? Why not? Probably not. The Russians have... Then, then you have, have... Then you re... Then you, like, bring back to life the old... Powers. But we would be one country with peace and prosperity. Not with the USA. They never had any intention of being one with the old world. It's always, it's also interesting. I mean, they are literally a different continent. Yes, exactly. So, but like, but they have always speaking. been very isolationist. The USA world interference thing really Is this happened the same during USA that's built global economies and global capitalism and no exactly global markets. that is what happened after two world wars then they suddenly became they saw the, the economic the benefit player. of that they became the world power well they became one of two world powers and then when the soviet union collapsed they became the world power i mean but china is also like if we're speaking present it has are. now yes. it is now catching up though mm, still i would still not put my money on China versus the USA. Uh, right? Um, on, on what sense? 
Yeah, don't underestimate the amount of like the sure. capital, the, the capital uh, power of the USA and its military, and it's the fact that the amount of nukes it's, that's it's like, genuinely insane. How much money they put on their military? Yes, is absolutely. Yes, insane. but it wasn't in Europe. But Europe had similar levels, or like not that high, but it had way higher. Where three percent is scary for us, but it's it's nothing compared to what we used to spend on that. Yes, and now we're gonna have to be spending much more. Because, like, for example, Russia, uh, Germany, <laughs> Russia, Germany announced that they're upping it new ta- now to 2%, I think. Everybody hold, um, the, hold their seatbelts. Like, <laughs> the Germans are rearming. <laughs> um, yeah, like, the, the Germans get, like, this one thing of, like, hey, hey, we need you in NATO to be, like, strong now because of this whole situation. And they're like, okay, we're, we're upping our spending we're, right now. The That's- entire Bundestag was like... Yes, it's, finally. That's the scary thing to see <laughs> as okay. a Belgian. Like, <laughs> okay, uh, it's let's, time to resurrect let's, Hitler. Let's move on. Rise to the from the dead. Oh no. Let's move on to the next point. Um, we have seen, of course, as there is always in conflict, a large number of refugees fleeing Ukraine. I think it was above a million by about now. About a million people. About around a million. In, in, yeah. Um, uh, but this number will continue to rise, probably. Um, we have also seen different ways of how both the media and politicians have reacted to these refugees compared to um, refugees from Syria, refugees from Afghanistan. Or, you know, just colored people in Ukraine trying to flee. Yes, that has also been a large uh, concern. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't feel great about that. Um, yeah, but at the same time, like, I will say, like, it's usually... Um, normally, like, as someone who did, like, um, come to the country as a refugee, I wouldn't be the kind of person to, like, be like, ah, oh, why are you treating the whites, like, so different than you treated us? That's not, like, like, because that's just a horrible situation for everybody at the moment, and you just want peace, and you don't want anybody to have to, like become a refugee but i will say mm-hmm. that um i think that the like you, you we have seen some examples there was this reporter who was talking about these are like relatively civilized people this is not yeah. iraq yeah we're not used to seeing like these kinds of relatively things happen in europe <laughs> oh god compared no, to no, the he, middle east he, i mean he even called ukraine relatively civilized yeah yeah and that he said relatively. after he said that he will weigh his words very carefully, carefully. Yeah. that is for example that's not fun yes. um, no that is that is a, a system showing its true colors yes. that is and you know, at the same time, and they're like, white <laughs> and nothing and I, else. I will also recognize, you know, like there is historical ties between, for example, Poland and Ukraine. There is familial ties. There and, is and families living across. Historical experience. I get that the Polish of all people would, of course, be like, "Oh, you're running from the Russians? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure." But of course, you know, it, it's good to also be reminded of the fact of that course. the Polish See, state still seems to be. The same Polish state that is also... See, Keenan, like, when you fled Syria, you should have just had a big board with you being like, like, Assad and Russia are collaborating. Please help us from the Russians. No, and then- because they think, because the West think that Putin and Assad are fighting against ISIS. So on the scale of badness, you have Putin, you have, uh, you have ISIS on top, right? This is the worst. This is the devil. Then you have uh, Russians. 
So if if Russians are fighting Islamists, we'll we'll, we'll stand with Putin. Um, but clearly, that is not the story that's going on in Syria. Like Assad nah. is, is always like portrayed as this but like it's, it's also not to get into the Syrian situation, but it's always like oh Assad like. I know that guy. He, he's like wearing a tie. He's not wearing a military uniform. He doesn't look like a dictator to me. Mm. And he's fighting ISIS, right? He's not wearing Isn't a tie. Isn't he the good guy? Isn't he the good guy? I mean, I've literally heard people say that. And so. It's also not just Poland. Poland is, of course, now very much in the spotlight as a, as a neighboring country. And because as a country it was so antagonistic. Suddenly yeah. acts very differently than we are used to seeing. But let's, I mean, if we look at home, Belgium. Belgium also is certainly very schizophrenic. Our, our uh, migration uh, secretary, our secretary of uh, migration, certainly is also like, oh yes, I'm making, I, I'm, I'm okay, but opening to be fair, up money that is a for, different minister. for refugees. It's a different minister. It's a minister. No, I want to. I'm going to refer to him and his own actions a couple of months ago when there was a hunger strike by refugees from the Middle East and from Africa, and he basically was like. You shouldn't test my resolve on this. There is no way we will like give in to your demands. And he was willing to let a lot of people starve and be and and he, See, that he is was, not a good he look. was a typical fucking xenophobic asshole. And now he's suddenly changing his his he's suddenly changing his rhetoric. Why? Because oh, because it's very easy to agree with you know when Poland also agrees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He has no back. He has no spine. That's what it comes down to. He's a xenophobic little dipshit, and he's just seeing his opportunity to, you know, give his character some dimension where I think, it to is be honest, lacking. The, the Belgian, like if you're talking Belgium specifically, your foreign policy when it comes to immigrants and refugees is Shit. has always been just following whatever the big guy is saying. Yeah. What, what's, what's the stream? What's the mainstream like? Yeah, usually, usually. Um, it would be interesting more to look, I think, is uh, Germany, like both in the Syrian uh, refugee status and like uh, in, the, in the current Ukrainian, there's a lot of uh, solidarity from Germany. Yeah. Um, clearly also Germany is like, what's, what's after Ukraine? <laughs> I mean, also Germany and Ukraine, they just have like really big ties. Like, yes. you know, like the Klitschko brothers, for example, you know, like I don't know who very famous are. boxers um, that are both now fighting in Ukraine. They have been living in Germany for a very long time and they're super famous there. And like seeing basically stars, like local celebrities, fight in a war. It just war, changed the whole like public you know? opinion when it comes to but like to be fair the public opinion of racist assholes is still the same. If it's Ukraine, if it's Syria, like we've seen art we've seen comments on uh, refugee articles of, of on the Belgian media and it's like what it's like why would I welcome a Ukrainian in my home? What if they decide to stay? Yeah, um, oh. that's the VRT comments that I read to you today, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean we shouldn't just I it's it's no point to 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 simply complain about the fact that the racists are still here. Of course, they still are. They're, they're still here, and um, they're racist towards everybody. Well, but let's now let's I would use call the it momentum. Xenophobic, not xenophobic. Racist. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It comes. It often. I mean, often the fair, racism lot, is just used you guys, to. You don't see Eastern Europeans as the same ethnicity, do you? I do. I don't know. You do, maybe. It depends I, on what you consider. Well, how do you define ethnicity? I also don't see Ukrainians as the same. Ethnicity, but no, I but find like, the entire it, thing to be like this whole like. I don't see European, the Dutch as the same ethnicity. Like, do you think in the US when, uh, or maybe in the UK, like 
Eastern European immigrant worker. There is this whole like, if you go back be before the Islamist racism, before, yes. before the word refugee was tied to being brown. Yes. Before all of the Middle East bullshit, before Iraq. I mean, before that, there was the refugees in America that fled from the Second World War who were very exactly. white and European. Exactly. So <laughs> the, word, the word refugee in, in recent memory has been like, for a lot of people, oh, refugee, what do you think of? You think of, of some poor African, some poor Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and you think less of an Eastern, Eastern European person. Exactly. But before that, there was the Eastern European yes, yes, refugees when, when which the, were treated horribly. When the when the when the wall fell, especially you, when the Berlin Wall fell, you that was a a big thing, and the Iron Curtain started to be dissolved. You, I mean, there was yeah, definitely yeah. a look of. I mean, in Germany, like there was a lot of refugees from East Berlin fleeing yes. to West Berlin. Yes, yeah. For example, and for the refugee, like just to not go too much into this topic, I think it's just um, you will hear some some people being like, "Oh, why are you treating Ukrainians different? Like you didn't treat us very well." The point is, we want you to treat every refugee like yes. with human dignity. Yes, That's please. the point. It's not like, oh, you should also refuse the Ukrainians. And that I is think, not the point. But I think there is, and I think there is a real opportunity here for those people that are now showing solidarity, that are doing, uh, that are helping to people a bit. to yeah, and to also push their own point of view. And I think they're very justified in doing it. There should, they, they can, and they should push like an an international. Uh, idea of solidarity regardless of nationality and uh, the way people look and not let what and country just, take the brunt yes See, exactly like, for exa like if if it was only poland taking refugees it will eventually get overflown and poland but will start to sour on it exactly and it will sour stop. and sour and sour and then you will have the same repeat situation yes like yeah. just for the people who don't know um, the country that took most Syrian refugees, and we're talking huge numbers here, is our neighboring country, Lebanon. Yes, I like, they believe their population doubled. Yes, literally doubled. So it's just like there is this weird idea that why aren't you like going to your own country? Why, do, like, no. The, 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 like people try to stay as close as possible when they can. To home, also. yes, yeah. yes, yes, and that has been documented in in research. Uh, the way you, galore, well, like, the way you avoid the souring is by having an international solidarity. Yes, yes. We welcome refugees and we spread them over too. Like you don't want to focus on the only the neighboring. Yeah, country you do it. You do it, it together. That neighboring country. So. Yes. That's that's the, that's my opinion about their fishy status, and yes, we've also seen like agree. news of brown people escaping Poland, uh, escaping Ukraine. People who are not Ukrainian have been literally put into different lines when it comes to the borders. Yeah, yeah, and, no people and who are Ukrainian, stop. but they just don't look. No, no, they're not Ukrainian. Ah, okay. They're not they like for example Egyptians. At least that's what I saw in the report. Oh, you mean like tourists and stuff? Yes, tourists, yeah, yeah, students, yeah. Yes. people yeah, yeah, who a lot are of just people living in studying Ukraine. Studying there, being are being like, treated like not the same. Which yeah. Is like, but these are like, if this is about humans fleeing a horrible situation, what's the difference? What difference does it make if you're Ukrainian or? I mean, Egyptian? of course, it does make the difference that you do have a home country that you can go to. But wouldn't you still be like, yes, certainly, sir, madam, come through here. There yes, is the airport exactly, if you want to flee, please. Exactly. Like, feel free to run away from the impeding yes. bombs and tanks and people with guns pointed at you. It's it's rem yeah, it's remarkable that you still in a in in such a crisis. Of course, have to uh, <laughs> have to uh, have 
have to deal with that kind of bullshit. Yes, but you still do. Yes. Um, that, I believe, brings us to the yes. future. Uh, the future. The what, future. What should the future look like? Um, I want world peace. Rainbows <laughs> oh. and roses and... And unicorns. I'm going to bark. <laughs> like, barf, like... Um, kumbaya you're around gonna the bark. Fire. <laughs> bark. Also bark. <laughs> yes, I do bark a lot in political discussions. Um, you know, I've, there's like a whole community for that kind of stuff here, Tom oh and Andrew. Oh God, are we referring to them again? Um, <laughs> yeah. The f- We're done with the BDSM jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess the future. I think we agree. Uh, big lines. We'd rather have peace. You have like a whole peace movement going on with like. Yeah, though I mean I'm interested to see what analysis they will be making yes. uh, in in the Maybe coming days. Maybe give some more information weeks. because I mean you like, you, you have, have, a, you have a, like all of these young people going to the streets, all of all around the international community, and older people older, left over younger, from like, like the anti-nuclear protests, exactly. etc. Like people um, who are just like frustrated and want to do something, and they're like at least going in the streets and be like, we want peace. Yes, we call for. I don't know for us. The Russia's big important thing is how are you how do you think it can be achieved and especially how do you think long term peace can be achieved because you know we have to you know you have to reason through this as a movement. I mean, it's not fun to do the work of states and etc but whether you like it or not you're engaged in politics if you're asking for something political to change. Yes. Um so how is it going to happen? Personally, I mean, I'm not a fan of either of, of nature swooping in or of either or. I, I would be more interested, and I think the strength or the possibility lies in the Russian people. You kind of have to convince them that this war is not worth it. They are convinced, that probably. Or like at least the people who are not brainwashed by the state media who they don't have access to. And more than like convinced, they need to act on that. And that is not easy, uh-uh. because the Russian people are tied up and... They're brainwashed 24 7 so and they have guns pointed at their head and if like they protest to, they disappear to put everything into context for example today uh, CNN left Russia it's not operating in Russia anymore Th- there's, there's been a new law passed in Russia to like basically ban yes yes and, and we have banned the Russian state things uh, it, it, so it happens and it makes it more like difficult like to, to talking within, within Russia yeah, yeah. like within Russia you only now have access to the state media yeah it makes it more difficult to, to reach them it's a, just a very difficult situation, and like, like you said, it's. I I really do think it's the best possible situation of rethinking the future is for the Russian people to somehow maybe the people around Putin, maybe the people in the close circle coming to their senses. I think you need a, to do I, something. I think you need a you need civil disobedience or or, or the core maybe of it. The, you need ma- a strike. Maybe the Russian military. You need to. You need but to. Can you imagine you being in the Russian military as a foot soldier? They and actually seem to not be that happy about they are the not. war themselves yeah, at the they, moment. They're deserters. They're it, it's a, it's sense, an army that is treated very shittily. Yeah. You know, they think going to Syria is a vacation. Oh, The Russian army, like it's like if you know people in the closest circle in Russia, you'd be like, hey, could you send me to Syria? That's how bad it is. Probably they, it doesn't they are being help underpaid. that they have to shoot hey, Ukrainians. The weather is better. <laughs> And they basically have to shoot no one in Syria. The situation is almost like chill now. And when they have to engage in combat, they are like much more elite. They have better weapons. They're better supplied than the Syrian army. 
But it's I digress. Like, the, the Russians don't... I imagine many Russian soldiers don't really want to be in Ukraine because why would you? Okay, maybe some that believe in this great Russian empire, blah, 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 blah. But Most Russian. I mean, the majority of them... They have close ties with Ukraine, which probably does not make it easier. I, I imagine it's very difficult for like what uh, d- does the Germans, remind me, does the Russian nation Russian Federation have uh, mandatory drafts? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. That, I wouldn't did. be surprised. I don't think this whole army is volunteers. And the Ukrainians don't really have anywhere else to go. They're exactly in their home, and they're bloody well seem like. Certain they want to I defend it. I, I it don't seems. think it's 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 a solution to just abandon Ukraine and make it into a dead zone. Like um, it may, that might be the outcome of two states in the long term. What is just that? Not uh, giving uh, up. Uh, that is that area between the North Korea and South Korea, the demilitar- demilitarized the, zone. Yeah, yeah. Quote unquote, the demilitarized. It's yes, literally the most militarized zone in the world. But like, you can imagine something like that in Ukraine. But the problem is, Ukraine is a full country with its people and its culture and its heritage and its will and sovereignty. It is their decision. Like, I agree that I don't want them to join NATO, to be honest. I think well, that NATO would... can say no. <laughs> sure, NATO can say no, but isn't it like in Ukraine's... No, NATO decides in the end. Yes, but it is the Ukrainian people's right to at least apply without yes. fearing that Russia will just be crazy... Yes. That my ex is talking to this American asshole. I will kill her. That is not how politics. Yes, that is not how politics should work. Ukraine should be allowed. It is their right, no matter what geopolitical problems. Just because they're a borderland does not mean that we need to treat them differently. It is their right to engage with Europe, to treat to treat to uh, trade with Europe, to maybe even apply to join in NATO. That's now. I don't think NATO should accept that admission because it would be too risky. But it is the Ukrainian people's right to decide that for themselves. Yeah, and if, I believe every group of people has the right to self-determination. But I mean, you also, in terms of what needs to happen, I think you need to see one thing. I, I don't think the Ukrainians should give up or anything. Uh, I I think though you're really going to need to influence Russia and try and create a general strike really directly dry up the military machine of Russia and its bourgeoisie and its like class of capitalists so that to to the point where they're like this is not profitable for us anymore we want to trade with the rest of the world with the other bourgeoisie because that's what bourgeoisie want to do they want to be bourgeois and then you have a drink of your water and you die mysteriously I do think the the thing of wanting to create a general strike in Russia is also a bit like a difficult Ask. It's extremely coming, difficult. Can I? Yes. Uh, it's coming from in Be- someone sitting in Belgium. You know, like it's. Yes. You will be like if you post a Facebook post saying that this military attack was a military attack and not like some something to save Ukrainians from Nazis. You can technically get fifteen years in prison right now. Yes. That's if you get. I'm not. I'm That's not, for a Facebook post. I am not suggesting in any way that this is not in life-threatening, dangerous. But if we want long-term stability, then that Russian state cannot continue to exist as it does. 
I agree with it that. It needs to become I, more democratic. It needs to become more accountable to its people. And that is... I don't, I don't see it happening from outside. There is I don't no see much, it happening. There is no Either amount you of influence it? that the EU can deter, like, do on Russia if the Russian people themselves don't check. Like, what are you going to do? Invade Russia? There you go. Nuclear war. World War Three. I mean, right now what they're doing is trying to target the oligarchs, sure. taking away their yachts, taking away their money, you know. It's really like... Freezing their accounts. Again, I, I, you know my opinion about sanctions. I don't think they're that effective. Even when you sanction the oligarchs, you still affect the people. Yes, but it's freezing all, someone rich, like their account, doesn't really affect the it's people. It's gonna suck, but you know, it's like, oh, I guess I couldn't go to my third mansion. But you can't complain too much because Putin will kill you. Yes, but like if you have a lot of money, maybe you should kill Putin. That's oh. what I'm saying. Ha <laughs> ha. Like And then you have another. Can't we send the Avengers to, the to Russia? Hmm? Can't we send the Avengers to Russia? <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, Kinnan, but the Avengers aren't real. If the Avengers were real, do you <laughs> think it would be morally right and ethical for them to intervene in Russia? To go and like arrest Putin. I don't want to say what on, what one imperialist state should do to the other one. I don't freaking care. I still think the people in Russia should cause an insurrection rather than... What if the people of Russia agree with this whole thing? What if They're the people of Russia don't want to fucking die? Exactly. <laughs> like, they already are in a war. <laughs> well, some of them are. Yes. Not all of them are. And over time, more and more will... Do you think it's a valid strategy for the West to? Um, I hate to. I hate to. Uh, I told Morgan this before. I, I I hate boiling down politics to one person, to analyze Putin's psychology or his fucking mental deterioration. I don't care about him. I should not care about him. You're gonna ask but to I have shoot to. him? No, I'm asking is um, just what's what's the word? Just, you know, keep it cool for 15 years until he has a heart attack. Like, wait him out? Yeah. Like, what's the political situation in Russia once Putin Then you're dies? leaving the Ukrainians out to dry. I mean, you that's what's going to happen. You're still sending them money and armies. Uh, not armies, weapons. Well, you're yeah, you're, you're doing what you can, but right now we can't do anything more anyways, can we? Like, we can't send people boots on the ground... I do think from we, fr that would be NATO, yes. yeah. From the West's perspective, you can't do anymore. I do think it would be too. I don't like NATO intervening either because yeah. nukes on both sides. Yes, but yeah. I think the only alternative you, to that is you to do have to run dry the Russian system. On the other hand, and the only people that have the power to do that, really, the power to truly stop the slow Russian the machine. machine and even slow it or stop it completely are the Russians themselves or the Avengers. Which basically means, not necessarily that I'm telling them to do this, I'm basically just on my knees begging them, please. You would save the whole planet, maybe. I do think the West and all of the peace movement that exists in the West should 100% support them if they do, with anything oh, they need. definitely, yeah. Like, yeah, but, really. like if the Russians but take also, that step, but also, and the Ukrainian people who are currently seeing a tank waltz through their street, they should also, they also deserve all the help but they also supporting, because what you're saying is the West should support rebellious no, groups. Can I, 
rebellious groups within Russia should be supported by the West to overthrow their president. That's what you're saying. No, right civilian. Now. I'm saying this, the people here, people, not necessarily their state, should help people in Ukraine and in Russia to end this war. Oh, so you're saying like European people, like yes. we. I will say this. If NATO and uh, the EU would cause an insurrection in, in Russia, meh, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing to yeah, do. Yeah, what about the CIA operation, let's say? I'm not... I think that's also declaring war on Russia. Is it though? Yes. That is not You're declared. literally going into their country and trying to overthrow a let president. Me, let me just say, historically speaking, CIA missions that are like undercover, like that. The reason why they do it that way is because it's not declaring war. If you can replace the regime without declaring war. Well, ish. I mean, they yeah, have exactly. done it it's all a, big in a lot of times. Like, they've done it in. The, the Americans can be highly effective in creating unrest and replacing a regime. That is the entire complaint the peace movement has against and, and, and all people that are now saying and no against NATO. That's the complaint they make against NATO. It's a power that constantly interferes and topples regimes left and right, whatever it wants to. And that's a completely valid complaint. But then why don't the Americans, you know target their, their full-on beautiful propaganda machine the same uh, towards Russia, the same way no, they did it in Serbia. To be fair, the US is also itself just very separated at the moment. And some yeah. would say, if you're like really looking at the Russian-US narrative, this whole thing has been like planned for basically seven, eight years since Trump was elected. And you have this big longer. It's the entire reason NATO exactly. exists. It's Ex why they no, 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 ramp up their budgets. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, like the specific thing of the US now does not have a very decisive within the US, uh, like a very decisive take on this whole Russian situation. The Republicans are like, eh. like honestly, that is a big deal. Not to say that the US is the most important country in the world, but if half of that country, like the other party, it's a two-party system. If one of the parties is like, I don't know, man, like mm -hmm. maybe Russia isn't that bad. Yeah? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just, just, just like, that's just weak. That's weak sauce. <laughs> okay, um... So so, how do we feel about it? Uh, right, like, let's let's end on like a a personal note, maybe to not, you know, um, end on weak sauce. End on weak <laughs> sauce, indeed. Um, it just was like the last thing for like peace. Basically, I mean that does also be with our our own emotions. I don't know about you guys, but personally, I am like, I do want peace. I would be out there like protesting for peace if I knew exactly what I want. What <laughs> do you want, Keenan? I don't know. What do I want from the Belgian government or the NATO government or I, I want, the European Union? I don't want much from the government. Like can to, they to do? Can they do anything? They can support. The best they can do at the moment is support people in Ukraine resisting that invasion, and they could support those in Russia that try How already do you support to the people in Russia. Uh, you could try and get political asylum for those that have to flee. You could give resources to to others. Announce bounties. Um, there is this Russian oligarch who like announced a bounty on Putin's head. Yes. 
for one million. <laughs> that's one cheap sure, asshole. Like one million? That's it? It's probably not the richest of the oligarchs. <laughs> it's just very funny. Like imagine you know like risking your life, murdering Putin for a fucking million. I feel like he's worth more than that considering yeah. the situation. To be honest. I yeah. First, I, how do you feel, Tom? How have you been feeling about this whole uh, <laughs> You suddenly starts to feel like a therapy session. Yes, I mean, maybe it is. Tell, tell, like we haven't seen each other in a long time. Like also, we apologize to our listeners who are very devout listeners. We have not done this podcast in a while. I think I believe it's been like four weeks or something. Um, we are planning to keep doing this every two weeks. The word would be bi-weekly, but I've actually learned that is not correct use of that word. It isn't. It isn't. Apparently, the word bi-weekly does not mean yes. every two weeks. The word bi-weekly means twice, twice a, a week. week. Yes. Oh, but, whoa. but it has been used too much that the dictionary now defines it both ways. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, okay. to wrap up, um, yes. we haven't done this podcast in a while, so we do plan to keep it going. Um, and So Tom, you wanted to tell us about... Well, obviously I'm shit scared. Let's be... I mean, let me be very honest about uh, and clear about that. Though, it's, it's sad to say, but doing so much on climate change and you know also watching a lot of videos of floods happening in various parts of the world and fire and forest fires etc etc it kind of also i don't i won't say numb because i still internally panic but the external panic maybe is diminished a bit yes. because of it um, you have been traumatized to the extent where desensitization yeah like the outside is a bit of a blank uh, the physical response. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. The internal emotional response is still the same. Um, it's still very much like Greta Thunberg says, like, panic. I want yeah. you to panic. I mean, like, personally, um, I think coming out of a situation of a pandemic where we've been isolated for two years, then being confronted with another cop where, which our last episode was about, where we felt deeply disappointed by the lack of willingness to take action. And now being confronted with another life-threatening, possibly, you know, life-threatening situation. And for a lot of people, it is a life-threatening situation. It does feel like, you know, maybe our parents shouldn't have, like, had children or something at this point in Can time. we agree the past generation is not doing a good job? Yeah. Like, please hand over power to, like, like the people obsessed. They should their shit before they had children. Like, we will just, I know it sounds bad to you guys, but we will just create a ministry of TikToks or something. Like, what can go wrong compared to this? Like, I mean... <laughs> It will be less problematic, I feel like. I'm just saying, you could look up TikTok problematic stuff. Yes, yes. Um, okay. Personally, I mean, do yeah. I get to say what, how, I thought you how started I've been with feeling? Like saying what no, I asked no, Tom how Your feelings feeling. don't matter here. No, no. Yeah. Please go, my friend. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess basically the same as you guys. We have been talking about um, what should we keep in the car for an emergency situation. I have lived through war before. Um, so my thoughts do go to the Korean people and like I hate to say it but basically thoughts and prayers that's all I can say like I know how much of a horrible situation it is it's very vivid to look at the pictures and the videos and to see the kind of destruction that happens when you do war in a civil city it, this is not a middle of nowhere this is where people used to live this is 
And I mean, in the short term, there is, you know, if the moment you type like stand with Ukraine or support Ukraine, you'll probably find things, places, organizations to donate to. Just make sure that they actually go to the Ukrainian people. Um, You'll probably find some uh, Russian dissident groups that want this war to end just as badly because they do not want to kill other people. And... uh, some one thing to directly do to the governments and states you can, you have in the West is to just fucking force them to de- to take in refugees reg- without the xenophobia. Like really tighten yes. the thumbscrews. Yeah. So threaten them. There is more than enough resources and space to go around. If 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 we show solidarity solidarity right now, it will only. I don't know, man. Like you will be, you will get good karma. Like what's better than that? Yes, so let's support them where we can. Let's support the Russian civilians where we can, civilians to civilians, and let's try to end this in the best way possible. And let's, of course, also acknowledge all the losses that have already happened and you know that will probably still uh, occur in the coming days. Uh, let's, you know, let's just hold a moment of peace and silence after this podcast and, you know, commemorate them. Thank you for listening and have a lovely evening or day or whenever you're listening this. For Subscribe this also. Subscribe, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.